0: Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. I believe in this philosophy that the leap and the net will
2: catch you. When you are on purpose, when you are following your heart, when you are in service, when you really have a deeper mission than, oh, I just want to be an entrepreneur and make my own schedule and make more money. But like, you're like, no, I want to create this thing because I genuinely believe it's going to help the world, no matter how big or small. And you follow that. That is, to me, step one. Like, if you, you're setting yourself up for, for opportunities to success when you are orienting to that place,
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and I'm coming to you from Lake Worth, Florida. I'm actually at Keon's house right now recording this intro. I would love to do an episode with Keon one day, so let me know if you wanna see one of those or if you wanna listen to one of those. I've done one or two with him before, but I kinda wanna do another one. Make it a little more fun. Make it a little juicy. I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking though. That got got my wheels turning, and that's what I I think I want to do. But anyways, it is already over halfway done. Like oh, we're over halfway done with December. I am not okay. What? Like I vividly remember this year. I vividly remember. You know, even moving to Miami in April feels like it was like a month ago, and. And it's already at the end of the year. It's already 2022. I feel like ever since COVID hit in March of 2020, I've kind of been stuck in that mode. And it just feels like the fact that it's already 2022, like two years post 2020, is just absolutely mind blowing to me. So, I cannot believe that it's almost the new year, but before it's the new year, it's actually the holiday season. And I love the holidays, but one thing that I really wanna change about myself is that I don't have many holiday traditions. I did not decorate my apartment at all this year. I bought like a, a candle that smells like a tree, even though I didn't even put up a tree this year. And I haven't lit the candle yet. And the holidays are like leaving pretty soon. Like they're they're ending soon. So who knows when I'll light that candle. But I wish that I did more like traditions and stuff. But I guess when you live alone, it's really hard to do. And my thought process is that I don't wanna spend all this money on holiday furniture or holiday decor because one, I don't really have that much storage. And two, it's just expensive for something that's like a month. But I, I definitely want to start like, you know at least putting a tree up maybe a few little decorations like at my family's house we do that we have like a bunch of christmas decor and all of that stuff and you know we've had them for years and years and years but for when you live alone i'm like is it worth is it worth it but i definitely don't feel in like the holiday spirit i mean currently as i'm filming this or as i'm recording this intro it's 80 degrees outside i'm wearing a short sleeve dress it's beautiful. I might go to the beach later. Like it doesn't feel like the holidays at all. And then also to top it off, I don't have anything in my apartment that looks like the holidays. Like I just, I wish I even, I just should have put a tree up. I should have put the tree up. At least that's something that I I wish I did. I was gonna go Christmas tree shopping here in Miami, but it's funny because like in North Carolina, we don't really have like Christmas tree farms, at least in Charlotte, I should say. In North Carolina, there is, but in Charlotte, there isn't. But in Miami, it's even more like weird to see Christmas tree parking lots really is what it is it's like on the side of a parking lot and a bunch of trees that you can go and pick up but I did want to do a real tree because I feel like then you know you don't have to you don't have to store it like if you have a fake tree you have to store it and I really don't have that much storage in my apartment so I was like okay maybe I'll do a fake tree this year or a real tree this year but I just never got around to it and now Christmas is next week and I'm just like is it is it worth it like I don't know I don't know if it's worth it. Um, And also speaking of Christmas, I have not bought a single gift for anyone. Actually, I did buy one gift. I bought one gift for my sister during Black Friday and then everyone else I have not bought a single gift for. I don't know what to get anyone. I have no clue. Look, I have absolutely no clue what to get a single person. And that's just an issue. So I don't, I'm like, are things going to get here in time? So I think I might have to go to the mall and go shopping or something like that because I just like, I'm, I'm so bad at gift giving. It's not good. <laughs> I'm really bad at gift giving, but I am going to make a whole like TikTok or a reel or a YouTube video um, about what I got everyone so that you guys can see that. I think on YouTube, I'll do like a budget, how I budgeted for the holidays. And then on, on TikTok and reels, I'll do like what I actually got people. I feel like that's more, more fun. But anyways, I am so excited about today's guest. I am like, this is, I know I say this a lot, but this truly was one of my absolute favorite episodes. And Jessica is just such an inspiring person. And I've related to her so much. Like I didn't want to get off the podcast with her. I was like, can we record this for another two hours? And I really would love to have her on for a part two because this episode was incredible. I'm literally still like so excited from this interview. and. I am just I I feel so much more energized after speaking to her, and I feel so much more inspired after speaking to her. And it's one of those episodes where I literally took notes for myself because there were so many nuggets of wisdom, and I honestly I couldn't keep up because there was just so much good stuff that was being said. I had the absolute privilege and pleasure of speaking with best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, and women empower Jessica Zweig. I had to include women in power because I can testify that I definitely feel more empowered than ever after speaking with her. And I know that you're going to experience it as well. Just listen. Jessica is the CEO and founder of Simply Be, which is an agency that is a branding firm like no other. Their mission is that when you set yourself to Simply Be, you set the world free. It's incredible. And her messaging and uh, I don't, she's just so inspiring. I felt super inspired to be unapologetically myself and after her first business failed she went on a deep journey to know herself from within and her life drastically changed in every single way. She found herself financially abundant, rid of toxic relationships and in true alignment. We unpack a lot in this episode including hustle culture, living authentically and clarity through stillness and this truly is one of the most memorable conversations I've ever had in my life and I think you'll quickly hear why as this episode unfolds in such a magical way. We dive into ways to start getting to know and embrace your true authentic self, advice on starting a business with co-founders, how to trust your gut and then actually follow it and signs that your body is speaking to you and ways to listen and honor it. I'm super excited for this episode and also I know the holidays are here, but the Real Real Podcast is not taking a break. We still have podcasts every single Monday, so definitely be sure to subscribe if you liked this episode because there is going to be more episodes even during the holiday season. I'm doing a solo episode. I have great guest on and you definitely want to subscribe because 2022 is going to be even better for the podcast than 2021 but I think we're ending the year with a really great note Jessica was my I think she was my favorite episode of this year so with that being said let's welcome Jessica to the show You know what the best feeling is when you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing you know those days when your hair shines with confidence well i have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality which is way's new hair gloss i personally have been loving taking care of my hair i just got a new haircut and at first i was iffy on it but then the more i've looked at it and the more i've styled it I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair it's all about how you style it so I have been meticulous about my hair routine I've been incorporating ways hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look it's so easy just five minutes in the shower and BAM instant shine and let me tell you preventing heat damage is a top priority for me and with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees I can style worry-free and the best part my hair feels shinier healthier and more vibrant than before if you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy and here's the best part in a consumer perception study over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier healthier and smoother with Waze hair gloss Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I.com, promo code RealReal. Well, hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for being on my podcast.
2: Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me on your podcast. You're adorable. And I'm like so pumped to have this conversation with you.
0: I'm so excited. I was telling Jessica before we started recording that I listened to her episode with uh, Rebecca Minkoff and I got really inspired. And so I know that this episode is going to be really good. But before we get started, I wanted to start with setting the record straight. So this is some stereotypes, some assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. Let's do it. So the first one is that rejection isn't personal. True. Yeah. I feel like it can be yes or no, but I feel like mainly it's true. So. Honestly, this is so timely that you asked this. So
2: last night, one of my dear friends kind of got dumped via text. And this guy sent her this really long text kind of saying, you know, it would really warranted a phone call. I was like, if you're going to have all this to say, just pick up the phone. It was a really long text and it was all about how he needed to spend more time with his family, how he's taking a social media detox, going to go by himself into the woods for a couple of days. It was like so much information and she was like, how do I not take this personally? I'm like, well, part of it is probably personal. If you were the one, you know, this would not be the situation, but clearly this person has a lot going on that has nothing, nothing to do with you. And you could be his dream girl perhaps, but his timing in his life is just really hard and off right now. And so it's such a good question, but I, I have learned as I have grown in my own personal and professional life, to take rejection a lot less personally. And it's honestly changed my life in doing so.
0: Yeah. How do you do that? How do you like reframe your mindset to not take it personally?
2: It starts with you. You have to start to really believe in your own value and worth. Mm -hmm. You know, self-love is such a buzzword and it's kind of overplayed, but it's really the sauce to really have such empowerment and dominion if you will over who you are and what makes you awesome and that's work but when you get rejected mm-hmm. knowing your value it's like okay this person rejected me whether it's a client whether it's a partner whether it's an opportunity I- i'm still good like next you know like I'll, there's more where that came from like door closes window opens that's how i be- that's how i operate truly and it's an abundance mindset to be f- to be frank and so the more you truly love and believe in yourself and you do that work, the less rejection bothers you. You kind of know that it's just, it's part of the course when you play a big game and you express yourself, you're not everybody's gonna be for you. And that's Mm -hmm. actually a really good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's something, especially like being an entrepreneur is so relevant that like you can't take things that personally, you know, like rejection is gonna happen every single day.
2: If you aren't getting dinged, rejected Broken, like you're not you're not risking, you know you're not playing that big and you're not trying that hard, and I think we really got to commend ourselves when we're getting a bit bruised, like we're in the arena, and not a lot of people even have the courage to step forward and do that, so know that that comes with the territory when you're you know playing big.
0: yeah, I love that, and the next one is that hustle culture is toxic
2: yes, it's true <laughs> um. I love this question. Yeah, I would say true.
0: Yeah, why do you think like the way that we view hustle culture is toxic or like over hustling is toxic? Like, I'd love to know your thoughts because I think that there's a lot of people like view hustle culture as like a different thing, you know, so like what do you view it as? I think that it's toxic because we glorify success
2: and hustle at times comes from a place of scarcity. Like I've got to work my butt off and make it because why? Because you're trying to keep up with someone else because you want to be seen in a certain specific way that you want to, you know, your, your image is like super successful. So you've got to maintain it or whatever. And I think that creates a really unhealthy cycle within ourselves and our psyches and the way that we View other people's success against our own. I think like hustle, hustle does have a negative connotation. I, I, a lot of it has to do with, I think, the comparison game. I also think that, and we also compare ourselves to ourselves. Like we want to reach our next goal, we want to reach our next limit. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. I think that's quite like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we have to hustle. Like I, you know, I'm a CEO, like I have 22 people who work for me. I didn't get here because it was easy. I didn't, yeah, I work hard. But I love what I do and I'm not trying to beat anyone else. Um, I'm not trying to prove myself to anyone else. I'm doing it because I love it. And therefore hustle comes naturally and I enjoy it. But I think what's really happening right now, specifically with women is learning to be more in our feminine and like allow and trust and surrender and let go and not have to push as hard. And I have personally found in my own recent journey that the more I do that, the more success actually comes. And we're all kind of, I think, figuring out that hustle culture is actually a bit toxic and switching up the way that we approach working is a, is a shift I'm seeing happening everywhere. But I don't want to negate like, hey, if you, if you want to make moves and you want to make a difference, you're not going to be able to sit in bed all day. And yeah. like, you know, be on Instagram. You got to put yourself out there. You got to work hard. And I personally love the feeling of working hard, but I don't do it for any other reason than that. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I think that that one clarifies, like when people say hustle culture is toxic and like it, it separates like, okay, no, you still have to, you know, work hard, but it's also that, like you said, that comparison game, you have to do it for yourself because Also, if you're constantly comparing everything you're doing to someone else, you're never going to be happy. Like you will never measure up because there will always be someone that you can look at and they're quote unquote better than you in your eyes, you know, or like they're, they're more ahead than you, or they have higher revenue numbers or more followers or whatever it is. And so like, let's say you're comparing yourself to one person and then you measure up to them. You're just going to find someone else to then measure up to that's like a little more ahead. So I definitely think that, hustle culture in that sense and like comparing yourself and working hard to compare yourself or to like prove your worth like oh I work I work 15 hours a day and I don't sleep and I'm you know like that's not healthy but no like working hard is good you know but it's like that intention behind it so I really love that yeah for sure and then the next one is that failing is a good thing true yeah I totally agree
2: I think um there's this phrase I love that you don't ever win or lose you win or you learn and the you know I'm a little older than I look (laughs) I've been around and I feel like the reason I am successful today running my current business simply the agency is because I failed so epically in my first business Now I'm not saying fail epically like there's a, a an expression from Silicon Valley that's like fail small often or something like that I agree with that as well Mm -hmm. for me it's been kind of these (laughs) mega dips of like rock bottom and then I like to you know learn some stuff and then come come out through no one lives their life in a straight line it's not even a roller coaster it's a squiggle it like goes all over the place and if you can really stop drop in and like really assess and take responsibility and do the work slow down a bit to really integrate what you learned from those failures versus just moving on to the next and having an unconsciousness around like, oh, that sucked. Moving on that failure is a gift. It, it, it makes you, it shapes you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It ideally transforms you and who we are becomes more authentic. I believe the more we kind of go through those wiggles, and I wouldn't take back anything, like all the failures, all of the hard rock bottom, I've broken heart, no money in my bank account, like physically sick, depressed, anxious, out of alignment, like toxic Mm -hmm. female friendships. Like I've had, I've been through a lot and I am who I am today because of all of those circumstances. And so failure is, is a good thing. Yeah, It really, really is. You don't feel it in the moment, but you you ultimately see it in hindsight.
0: That's the thing. Like, even with me, I've whenever I look back and people are like oh like what are some regrets that you have I'm like I honestly don't have any regrets and that's not like a cheesy saying like oh no regret like whatever but yeah I've made mistakes like I've definitely made a lot of mistakes I've definitely failed a lot I've but like everything that I've done has led me to where I am today so I can't regret it because that shaped me you know so like I've learned from it and I've definitely made my fair share of mistakes and you know things I wouldn't necessarily do again but I'm I'm not like, I wouldn't take them back if I could either. So I think that's always a good way to look at it. Even if in the moment it feels like, Oh my God, I wish I wasn't, you know, I wish this didn't happen or like, this is the worst thing ever. Like at the end, like you look back and it actually is something that is becomes a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, you are so authentic, like you're such an authentic person online. And I know Mm -hmm. that you really embody that. And, you know, Preach it to your clients as well, but have you always been that way? Has like authenticity come naturally to you?
2: Great question. Um, I believe that we ultimately become the teachers of what we are students of. So I can't really get on my platform and talk about authenticity the way I do unless I know what it was like to live super inauthentically, right? Mm-hmm. And so it hasn't always been like this. Like I was Cliff's Notes never cool high school middle school was bullied like never the cool girl had very low self-esteem went into college kind of with that same energy graduated as a working actress low self-esteem still went into a real competitive industry where it's all about what you look like and and what and, and pretty much nothing else dated really controlling possessive men who made me feel really small and that I went into business in my 20s late 20s with a business partner man this big business that ended up you know failing <laughs> like there were all of these moments in my early 20s and late 20s even and into even my early 30s where I was really not in alignment with like who I was truly meant to be and it it, it took me breaking down it took me really reaching a rock bottom for me to look at my life and to look at myself in a radically honest capacity and it was in that transition point that I was really able to take responsibility for who I wanted to be and who I was who I was being that wasn't really who I want who, who I, I didn't want to be that version of myself anymore and and I started taking this deep 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 journey to know myself within like I hired the coaches I hired the healers I hired the therapists, I hired the astrologers I read all the books I started meditating like I started journaling more. I got into, you know, yoga, solo travel. Like I really started to take on that spiritual path, frank. And over the course of, you know, the last decade, I have really come to find who I really am on my own terms. And when I really clicked into that and got back in alignment, in fact, I don't know if I ever really was totally in alignment, but like truly in alignment with my purpose and my gifts and you know my own magic, like no apologies, like unapologetic expression of who I am. My whole life changed, and you know not only abundantly financially, but like you know romantically. All my friendships are beautiful. Like I don't have any toxic women in my life. Like my career exploded. I I built a business. I got a book deal. Like all the th- my community online started to grow more. Like it was so interesting, and it's it my belief is that every single person is struggling in some way to fully love and accept themselves. We just, we all are, we all have our own fears around being seen and being known for who we truly are. But the crux of that is that everyone, everyone feels that way. You're not alone in that. And so when you start to really open up and share the truth of who you Mm -hmm. are, it immediately dissolves these falsified barriers that we have that were, were different. And that's, so needed right now. Like that's medicine for people. And so my conversation around authenticity is yes, for you to help empower you to change your life because there's no better way to live than unapologetically authentic. But what it also does is it helps other people. It creates bridges. It inspires people. It gives people permission slips. It creates real relationships and connections and that expands your life. So long answer is no, I haven't always been this way, but um, you know, I'm grateful for that because I don't think I'd be here without that, but those chapters.
0: Yeah. And you have to, I mean, that's also a way for you to relate to others in that sense of like, Mm -hmm. I've been there. Like that was where I was at one point and now I'm living this authentic life and I'm living unapologetically as myself. And so for people that feel kind of how you were back then, like when feeling very small and feeling like, you know, they don't really know themselves or they don't love themselves. What are some things that you recommend for people Mm -hmm. to like start living that authentic life and like really getting to know themselves? Because I know you said that you kind of went on the spiritual journey, you tried everything. So there must've been things that worked and didn't work during your experimenting. So what are things that you think like really, really helped you?
2: So slowing down helped me. Um, Getting still with myself. You know, people hear the word meditation and whether it's, you know, for you or you're you're doing it already or you're not like there's a bunch of stigmas around that for me it's just it's just sitting still like being quiet doesn't necessarily mean like losing my consciousness and chanting a mantra it's just being alone with myself with my own thoughts and when you do that you start to sort of hear things you start to see things differently and provide it provides you clarity essentially and so practical step number one is like get still and I would look at your life, maybe in a, in a series of quadrants, like your friendships, your partner, your career, your relationship with your body, your relationship with your online community, whatever it might be. Like you only know the own quadrants of your life and really be with each and every one of those sections of your life. And how did you feel in your gut? Like I would feel so anxious every single time I would go to work. Like I would feel like nauseous and angry and like in my body, you know, there are things that are gonna really light you up and like make you feel like, okay, this is this is working. And then there are things that your body never lies. Like that was one of the things that I really had to learn was my Mm -hmm. body was constantly talking to me and I was constantly ignoring it because I never slowed down. I was running so hard so fast. Talk about culture. I did that for a really long time in my career. And it ended up catching up with me. I got really sick. Like I had to I got a chronic autoimmune trigger and had to have surgery and it was horrible. And that was really the kind of breaking point of my journey into authenticity. I'm not recommending anyone listening to that. Um, slow down. That's just the, number one. Really look at your life. How, how does it feel in your body when you think and consider these these things that, and people that are in your life? I hired a coach. Um, I'm not a coach. I'm not saying like, you know, this isn't promoting that face per se, but it really did work for me. I couldn't do it alone. I had to. I made massive life changes. I left my business. I cut out certain friendships. I changed my my diet. Like I, I changed my relationship to alcohol. Like I, everything in my life shifted, and I needed someone to hold my hand through that and, and keep me accountable. So, don't don't do it alone. If you can afford to hire a coach, I you know I definitely would recommend that pay attention to what you're feeding your brain. Like we, you know, we think about the podcasts that we listen to, the books that we read, the accounts mm-hmm. we follow, you know, this is, is essential to feeding your body the food and drinking clean water and getting good sleep. Like, what are you feeding your mind? And if it's garbage, you're gonna, gonna kind of walk through your life with that, you know, point of view and it's not gonna serve you. So a handful of I- ideas and things people can tactically do to go, to go on yeah. that journey.
0: Yeah. I love what you said about that. Your body never lies also, because I think so many times we ignore that feeling and we're like, no, okay. Like, like you might have like a bad feeling about something or like going into business with someone or starting something or taking a job and, and you just ignore it because you're like, no, like that's that. No, never mind. Like my head is telling me something else, but like you're, I like always trust my gut. And I think that that's something, well, I should always trust my gut. My gut never lies. Whenever I don't trust my gut, I regret it. And so it's one of those things that is like, it's, it's so easy to say, like, that's just like, you know, you're just nervous or like, no, like our brain tells us so many things like not to trust what our gut is telling us. Or like, I don't know if it's because maybe we we think like what our gut is telling us is a harder decision because maybe it involves confrontation or maybe it involves, you know, backing out of something or changing your plan. And so a lot of times that's what happens with me is like, I'll feel something. And then I'm like, if I act on that feeling, then it's going to be harder, but then down the road, it's like so much worse. So I definitely think like always trusting your gut is something that is so undervalued. And it sounds like not real, you know, like, Oh, like what's the logic behind it. But like, it is so undervalued when like to actually trust your gut and like trust your body. Cause it does tell you if something's a good decision or not.
2: You bring up such a good point. I mean, I, I really want to click into this because it's one thing to say, trust your gut and never lies, which is true. Following your gut
0: mm-hmm.
2: is so hard. So like hard. It's, the hard it, it's so hard. Like, like we all know if you like, I don't know, turn down a, a shady street and your gut's like, yeah, I don't think I should walk down the street. I'm going to go a different block. Like, that's easy. Like, that's an easy gut check. But when it's like, like breaking up with a friend or choosing to quit a job, or, you know, saying no to a huge opportunity that that's the real hard work. And I just really want to call that out mm-hmm. because I think it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to do it. And when you do it, like I ran a business for seven years, and by the it was my whole life, it was my whole identity. I ran like the most popular online women's magazine in Chicago for seven years. It was my entire life my entire identity, and I was Little Miss Socialite. And I like ran the city of in a way, like I was, you know, from the outside in, like super cool. <laughs> yeah. And and I was miserable. I was miserable. And I ended up walking away, completely walking away because my gut told me to. And that was the one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. But it was the right one because I'm here, you know?
0: Exactly. And that's something that people, I feel like, like you said, say like, Oh, trust your gut, trust your gut. But taking that step to do it is so hard because it's such a big decision and it changes. It could change like the course of your life. And so it's like, how do I know that that's a good decision? Like you make a pros and cons list and you do all this, but like, honestly, I feel like we all know the answer deep down. It's just, we're scared to do it.
2: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that we just, I often say if it's not a, a full body, yes, It's a it's a f no. (laughs) So back back to, listening to your body, it never lies.
0: Mm -hmm. And like how you said, like oh, it's if it's not a full body yes, it's an f no. How do you get good and comfortable at saying no? Because that's also an issue that I have. I'm like, I get so scared to let people down or to say no to opportunities or to things, and I'm like, I don't really want to do this, but like I guess I will. So I'll just say yes. Like I'll squeeze it in. Like how do you? Get comfortable saying no to people and saying no to opportunities. Definitely a work in progress
2: for me as well. (laughs) Um, I am the same, but I will say that it's become so much, it's become so much easier. And I love saying no, no. It's so liberating and empowering. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, wow, I, I did this thing, said no, such a simple action. And I feel a million pounds lighter. I feel a million times stronger. And all it was, was a simple act. And I just, and, and like lighter, I had this, um, this, this colleague of mine who I, I barely actually know him to be frank, And we've connected a few times. And he's a perfectly, perfectly nice guy. And, you know, he's got a podcast. I've got a podcast Like we've been, you know, friendly. And, um, you know, he, he sent me a message the other day. He's like, Hey, can we, can we take a zoom and like talk about how we can support each other? And it's October and I am committed till January. Like I have so much travel. I have so much going on in my, my schedule. Then there's the holidays. I'm also trapped. Like there's so much, I am at capacity. And the thought of squeezing in a Zoom call to just kind of talk shop with anybody, not him, wasn't personal, just added, it made me feel so heavy. Mm-hmm. So I I got the text and I kind of ignored it. And then he followed up with me like a week later. He's like, hey, do you, want to, do you want to get on a Zoom? And I was, I was just honest. What I did was I said, the truth, I'm, I'm committed to the end of the year. We can connect in January of 2022 or I'm happy to connect you to my co-founder at Simply B. If you want to talk shop about working together, like she's amazing and would like be happy to talk opportunities. And he wrote back and was like, I'll wait till 2022. And he was he was super cool and he totally got it. I gave him options, and it was over. Like I, I and it had been weighing and lingering on the shoulders for a week or two, feeling like an asshole. When really, I wasn't doing anything wrong. When someone puts you in a position of feeling like, oh, my request is now your responsibility, it doesn't feel good. And so, by drawing that boundary and saying no, it, and it was hard. Like I went around to my office and I asked. A couple of my colleagues, like, how do I respond to this? I'm so nervous to say no to this perfectly innocent request, and I felt a million times later when it was over. I mean, so tangible example of saying no, but you, you know, you can, you yeah. can do it. <laughs> it's, it's possible. I, it's
0: definitely something I've been practicing more lately. Like I've been saying no to a few more things, and it does feel really good. Like it's like, oh, like a breath of relief. You know, it's like, oh my god, like, think thank God I said no to that because I I would have been stressed saying yes to it. So I think it's just doing a lot of kind of like gut checks, body checks, you know, making sure, okay, how do I really feel about this? Like not, is this a good opportunity or do I need to be nice or do I owe someone something? It's like, how do I actually feel like, am I excited for this? Is, Is this a good decision? Do I feel like I actually want to do this? You know? And I think that's something that I've been leaning more into is like those feelings because that's been helping me say no more but it's definitely a work in progress for me because I would like to say no to a lot more things I think that's been like my new year's resolution for the past like three years say no to more things (laughs) (laughs)
2: let's keep going I'm into it like I'm I'm with you girl it's no it's it is a really hard thing because life just feels like it keeps getting busier we have more stimulation the more you know an amazing podcast, amazing YouTube, like the more you kind of grow, the more opportunity comes. Like it's it's called the burden of opportunity. It's a good thing and it's a negative. And you don't want your life to slow down. You don't want to like go live in the woods and not talk to anybody. Like you you want there to be an abundance of of joy and fulfillment and opportunities. And that's sort of the double-edged sword when you when you do grow, you have to become that much more discerning and really protecting the time. And your energy, and it's something that I've I've had to build for myself too.
0: Right, and I know that you've talked also about failure in the past and how your company um, had ended up failing the, your first business. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what did what did that failure look like? Like, it wasn't yeah. it had to shut down. It wasn't fulfilling. Like, what does that what did that look like?
2: So, I started my first business when I was twenty six years old with no business background. I went to school for theater. I got a degree in acting. I auditioned and waited tables for five years, almost out of school. And then I came up with this business idea with a business partner, a girl I had been friends with for three months, and we became business partners. And there was definitely like a lightning in the bottle component to our relationship and to that that chapter where we created this idea, this concept of a fully fleshed out women's guide to the Chicago. And we covered restaurants, nightlife, fashion, fitness, arts and culture, dating, beauty. It was amazing. It was this phenomenal content platform. And we amassed a huge audience. We had 150,000 readers, all local, all organic. We worked with, I would say over a hundred brands as our clients, like Nike, Bloomingdale's, Lululemon, Coca Cola, Miller Coors, like the biggest Fortune 500 brands were our clients, and they, you know, loved our model because we had this massive online audience, and we had we would do events every single month, so activation. So I was hosting like dinner parties and cocktail events and fashion shows and boat parties like every single month for seven years. Like it was on the outside, in was the hippest, coolest place to work. It was everyone knew who we were in Chicago. At least if you were a woman, and you know, critically very successful, but back to the fact that I had known that girl for three months and I had never run a business before, never crunched a and didn't know how to be a manager. Like I made so many mistakes like on the job and she and I had a toxic relationship by the end of that seven years of which we made it seven years. It was pretty, I think quite remarkable. We were kind of like sisters. There was like a love, hate, like, I love to hate you, hate to love mm-hmm. you kind of thing. And um, yeah. I don't have a sister, I have a brother, but I've been told that there's like dichotomies among sisters that are that are very love-hate and that's, that's how we were. And by the end, it just, it wasn't working. And we were also very much financially in the hole. And, um, you know, we didn't have a sustainable business model, sort of the dawn of app, advertising and sponsorships like online had kind of shifted we didn't have the sophistication that we needed to really continue to scale it. And I was very much the rainmaker. Um, she was more behind the scenes. I was more kind of front front face and driving like partnerships and, and whatever. And I really, I got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Like I, 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 was, I felt like I was holding up the sky and I was broke. You know, I w- was working so hard to bring in the revenue. And by the time the, the check was cut, we'd have to pay our staff, we'd have to pay our rent, we'd have to pay our credit card bill, we'd have to pay for snacks. And then there would be like this much left over. And I would split it with her 50, 50. And she didn't do anything like towards the end, she wasn't contributing at all. And I I was the resentment. Natalie was so thick, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And I don't really talk about this very often publicly, but I'm I'm happy to. And Um, I gave her an ultimatum like a year before I left. And I said, it was like New Year's Eve or something or Christmas time going into 2014. And I was like, this is going to be my last year unless you help me sell more money or we get bought or something acquired or invested. We were in the process of raising money and looking for strategic partners. And we had a couple of irons in the fire. And I was like, so one one of those shoes has to drop. And, or you need to pull your weight. And I was in it to win it. I really was. I was like, if this is going to go another five years, if we, if, if we kill this and it, it's meant to be, I, I'm here for it. But like nine months into that year, nothing had changed. And I, um, made the decision to walk away.
0: Wow.
2: And it was probably, it, it was like cutting off your own arm. You know, it's like, this is my business. I've created for seven years. I run, I run the damn. You know, and so, um, I gave her the proverbial keys, and you know, it it got a little messy. You know, we had to hire attorneys, and it 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 wasn't it wasn't fun because I don't think she genuinely thought I would do it. I think she thought I was just saying it, and and then I I let her have the whole thing. I didn't want it, and uh, I don't really know what to do with it. To be frank, I haven't talked to her in six years.
0: Wow. Um,
2: but I. Followed
0: my heart, you know, yeah, and I mean, it led you to where you are today, and also that is such a valuable lesson. and I'm so I actually have a startup with co-founders as well right now, and so I would love to know kind of your advice on, I mean, just mm-hmm. for people in general that are starting something with co-founders, like how do you know a co-founder is right for you in a business, and also, let's say, kind of how you felt like you didn't you felt like this this co-founder wasn't pulling their weight, they weren't doing the job right, how do you feel like people can approach that earlier on in the situation, I guess? Because I feel like a lot of people probably go through that.
2: Girl, such a good question. I mean, if I could go back in time, you know, I did the best I could with the tools that I had. When I, you know, when I say like I was younger, I wasn't as, I've been through a lot of personal development, growth work since then. You know, I have like different tools of communication, hard conversation, taking accountability, all the things. I I would say communication, 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 communication. Be okay having hard conversations. Speak your truth early on. Mm -hmm. Say how you really feel. Set your own standards of what you expect. You know, and and understanding too that people have different communication styles. Like I would, when things would happen, I'd want to hash it out in real time. And she needed days to process it. And there was like a lot of strife that we had because we had very different ways of communicating. So understanding the dynamics of how your partners might pick um, is gonna help you have those conversations more effectively. I think accountability, like one of the things that I, I could sit here and I don't anymore, but I did for a while, like point my finger and say, it was all her fault. But there's that expression when you point one finger at someone else, you have three pointing back at yourself. And so the work of really owning your side of the street of like what you're potentially not doing or what you could be doing better or how you might be triggering that other partner and being able to like own it as uncomfortable as it is, it creates a more a, a space for authenticity. You know, it creates like a, a trust in, in the relationship that you can, you can both go there and it's not just going to be an attack, but it's going to be a, a, a true conversation with a goal to like meet in the middle and find a solution. I also think to take your time going into business with people. Like, I think we all get excited. of like, oh, I love this person. We have the same vision, but like their working style, their their motivation style, like not everybody has that like fire and hunger in their belly um, is another thing. And then also the last thing I'll say is just really being super clear on role. Like she kind of, wanted to be more face-like, but it wasn't a genius zone for her. But she, because when I would get opportunities, like she would resent me for them. And um, you know, now I have co-founder, I do have two co-founders, at Simply B, that helped me start the business. They were my first and second hire. And we all have such distinct roles and desires, you know, like there's no, there's no wanting a piece of what anyone else is doing. And I think that that creates just such safety and equanimity in the relationship for the business to thrive because everyone needs to bring their own unique gifts to the table. And when you're comparing kind of what anyone else is doing to what you're supposed to be doing, it can get really, it can get really toxic. So, um, I don't know if that was helpful, but there's, I I could write a book about it. I think
0: You should, (laughs) I think you should, because this, I'm literally like taking so many mental notes and like also feeling very, very inspired as well, even just with this conversation, but I think it helps a lot of people because entrepreneurship is incredibly glamorized on social media. Like Uh it looks like the best thing ever. And don't get me wrong. Like I think it is so fulfilling and I would never do anything else, but it is not glamorous. Like it is honestly, I think the opposite of glamorous. (laughs) Like I, it's so hard. It is like the hardest thing I think anyone can ever do. And so even the fact that, like people are getting into it and starting something, I think is very admirable, but there's a lot to obviously like learn from people who have like been there, done that. And, you know, you're going to learn along the way as well. Like, I think that there's no such thing as like an entrepreneur that hasn't failed a couple of times. Like, I don't think there's, there's one out there. I don't.
2: (laughs) I mean, if you're not failing, you're not, and you're not doing it right. (laughs) Like you're not, you're not, like I was saying, you're not playing that big. You're not in the arena. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I also wanted to ask you for someone who is let's say wanting to start a business or wanting to wanting to start a brand but they're just like don't know how or they're scared or they don't know how to take that leap like you're someone who obviously you said you didn't have a business background but you took that leap and started it and then when that one didn't work out you even went and started another one like <laughs> that's something that a lot of people are very very scared to do so what's your advice on to those people that like want to start something but they just like don't know how or they're kind of like scared of doing it I mean, you're talking to,
2: uh, my risk tolerance is extremely high. (laughs) So, um, that's kind of what entrepreneurs need to kind of have. I believe in this philosophy that states leap and the net will catch you when you are on purpose, when you are following your heart, when you are in service. When You really have a deeper mission than, oh, I just want to be an entrepreneur and make my own schedule and make more money. But like, you're like, no, I want to create this thing because I genuinely believe it's going to help the world, no matter how big or small. And you follow that. That is, to me, step one. Like, if you're setting yourself up for, for opportunities and success when you are orienting to that place. The second is surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Create a board. Find mentors join mastermind groups with other women who are maybe in your industry at your same stage, create as much education for yourself, find books, take courses. Like you have to apply yourself and know that you don't know it at all and stay super humble. Like I never, even at the stage in my career, I always say, I hate being the smartest person in the room. I, I, I don't, I don't like that feeling. And so keep yourself humble and always be learning and be a student to entrepreneurship as you build your business. I also think that like, I see a lot of entrepreneurs think that they can like conquer the world and you only have so many hours in the day and you have more weaknesses than you have strengths. (laughs) Um, So know your strengths, (laughs) lean into them, own them, be proud of them, but also outsource your weaknesses. Like, identify whether it's an assistant, whether it's, you know, a team in time, I really truly believe in the power of outsourcing my weaknesses and putting people in seats that do the things that I'm either not good at or hate to do. Um, that'll help you scale. And I just think that you have to do more things. A money makes business, like our business makes money. I should say, or both, like it's not a, it's not a business unless it's making money. It's a, it's a, it's a hobby. And so be be give yourself a timeline. Right. You know, give yourself some goals. Like, you know, how how much money do you need to sustain your life, but also to really effectively grow a company so that you can continue to scale it and you know be in your zone zone of genius as as you build your as you build your business. And and be so look at your PL. Like crunch a budget, know how much money you want to make, know how much money you need to spend, make the money you want to make. That is like 101 which you you think i'd you know would have gone into my first company with that in mind but i didn't and i learned the hard way. um and the last thing i'll say is just really just don't listen to the haters or you know stay humble yes but trust your gut back to what we were saying earlier and really follow your own path
0: mm-hmm. if you're meant
2: to be an entrepreneur like you'll figure it out
0: yeah. I mean, this episode has had so many like nuggets of wisdom. So I'm so excited for it to be released because it's probably one of my favorite ones that I've recorded. And I never, I don't really don't say that often. So this that is everything to <laughs> You're
2: so sweet. I love no. your show. You've got such an amazing show. Thank you.
0: Thank you. No, I just think it's so things that people need to hear. And I feel like deep down, we all like know this, but it's so hard to act on it. And you just need that push from someone else. So, I think that this is going to inspire so many people. I think it's like so, so, so helpful. And I feel like we need a part two because I didn't even get like half the questions I wanted to ask because I wanted to talk about like your agency and your book and all of this. And so, you know what, we'll just have to have you back on in the future.
2: You know what though? I've been, I've been talking about my book and my agency all year. My book came out this year. So I've been on like this podcast tour, saying kind of a lot of the same things so this was awesome. Like I'm glad we went this direction and, and I would love to have, to come back, have me back anytime. But this was meant to be, this was great.
0: Awesome. And before we go, I also wanted to ask you, I have a segment that I ask a lot of guests at the end of every episode. It's like, what's your feels over reels this week? So it's anything you're feeling grateful for this mm-hmm. week. Any any just like feelings that you want to reflect on uh, and share?
2: I speaking of my agency, I have 22 full-time employees. I built this thing from zero five years ago. And I walk through my office and I look at my team and I just, I'm more on my business than I'm in my business than I've ever been. And I'm really grateful for the passion and the talent. I, I, I have the best team I've ever had in this whole journey right now. And I know this is going to sound really cliche, but I'm really grateful for my dogs. Like,
0: oh, that's I, not cliche <laughs> at all. <that's- laughs>
2: like, my dog, I've been traveling so much lately for work. And so when I'm home, I just want to be with them. Like they're my happy place. And so um, I'm really grateful for them.
0: Awesome. I love that. Well, Jessica, where can people find you? Where can they find your podcast, your book, plug everything? And I'm going to buy your book. Look, I'm literally about to buy it on my Kindle because I'm like, I need to get it. (laughs) You
2: have to get it. You would love it. It's meant for like, I mean, I wrote it for everybody, but young women, especially like empowered babes. It's for you. Yes, Amazing. Um, no, really. So my, my book, which, uh, speaking of is called B, B E period, really easy to remember. Um, it's a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself and a bit of a personal memoir, plus like a whole roadmap on how to build your personal brand. You can find me on Instagram at Jessica I'm there all the time. And you can listen to my podcast, the simply be podcast, where I talk about sort of the intersection of branding, authenticity, and spirituality.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on. This was, again, like I said, one of my favorites. So I'm super excited for it to come out. You just made my day. Thank
2: you, Natalie. so (laughs) good to spend time with you. You're amazing. You too.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.
1: Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice.